So this Christmas season, I was reflecting on some of the Christmas traditions that we do in our family, some of those habits and rhythms that we practice every single Christmas season, some of these things that I think are very important for us to understand about the whole purpose of Christmas, what it means, what it says to us, and how do we respond. And what we know from some of the practices and habits, that it's a season of understanding how to give and receive gifts. How is it that we are to give and to receive the gifts of God, the gifts from one another? And so our family has been practicing the, this practice of giving and receiving gifts on Christmas, and we're getting good at it. We're really getting good at it. I got my, my four boys are here with my wife back there in the third row. Some of y'all have not seen them yet, coming from college and from uh, Mount Pleasant. And so uh, they're here tonight, but we've gotten good. And one of the things that I noticed that we've gotten good at is there is great excitement and expectation about the coming of Christmas. It starts far out. It starts around Thanksgiving. How many more days for Christmas? The pulling out of the decorations, the doing the Christmas tree, all of those things, all that preparation, it builds an excitement and an expectation. I can't wait till Christmas is something I can't tell you. I heard over and over again from uh, those boys. I can't wait till it gets, how many days are left? When is it coming? When is that day where all those gifts show up? We're excited about it. And the other thing that these guys know is that that morning is going to come and gifts are going to be there under the tree and there are going to be gifts. They're not thinking, I hope I get what I deserve. That's not what they're thinking. They're thinking, I hope I get much more than I deserve, much more than I could ask or imagine. And you know what? That expectation is that they have a loving father and mother who listen to them, who love them, who will bring them good gifts on that day. And that expectation and that, that desire to receive those gifts is a habit that's been honed down. And... They know how to receive gifts. They actually know how to open it. We never have to remind them how to open a gift. They do it. They do it quickly. They do it fast. They do it in a split second. They have honed that skill down. They have received that gift. And when they get that gift, they, they know it's theirs. It's not like, are you sure this is for me? Is, are you sure, do I have to give this back? They know that gift is for them. And... The thing is, they think that this Christmas habit and rhythm that we do is something that is repeatable. If we showed up tomorrow for Christmas and we say, and I said, well, it's like we, y'all got gifts last year. We don't need to do that again. They might be a little disappointed. They might be shocked. They would think I was joking. They think, no, this is something you do over and over again, and we want that. And finally, I think... The last thing that we're learning to do as a family is the giving of gifts, too. And I can see my older boys especially learning how to get excited about the giving of a gift to someone who is something they need or something they want or something that surprises. And it brings a smile to their face. And it brings them joy. And that practice of giving away something to someone else and really delighting in that is a practice that we're working on. And so as we think about Christmas today, it's the day of the greatest gift of all, the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift that God has given, the gift that had been promised from the beginning of time 
the gift that had been prophesied throughout all scripture, the coming of the Messiah, where God changes everything in the world. And it is a gift to us this day. So as we look at these scriptures today, what I want us to do is reflect a little bit on what that gift was, especially as we visit that fateful night. We know it, Mary and Joseph rejected at the end. They go out into the fields with the shepherds. They're in the, the manger and the child is born in swaddling clothes. But listen to what Micah says, and it's something that I think we sometimes miss. He says, as for you, watchtower of the flock, whatever that might mean, stronghold and daughter of Zion, Form and dominion will be restored to you, and kingship will come to the daughter of Jerusalem. What Micah is saying is there is going to be a day of great hope where the promise of the Messiah will come. The king that has been promised will show up, the daughter of Jerusalem, in the line of David. It is coming, and it will. And so the watchtower of the flock, and this is what that is. The watchtower of the flock was a building that was run by shepherds. You see, for the Jews, one of the things that they learned early on in the law, the Levitical law, and the way they dealt with God, is that when sin happens in the world, when, when we blow it and when we mess up, there has to be a price that is paid. They remembered it on the night of the Passover. They remember it every time they got together and they offered up a sacrifice of sin. And here's what they did. They took a newborn, unblemished lamb. And that was the sacrificial lamb that took on the sins that they had committed. They would lay their hands upon the lamb, and that lamb would take on the sins, and that's, that lamb would be sacrificed. And the watchtower was the place where the shepherds, who were connected to the priest, lived. And here's what they would do. When a newborn lamb was born they would look at it and if it was without blemish it was going to be set aside for this sacrificial duty and you know what they would do they would take that sacrificial lamb and they would wrap it in swaddling clothes they would wrap it in cloths of linen because they didn't want that lamb to run around on those first three or four days of its life and get blemished they wanted to keep it perfect and so they would wrap it in swaddling clothes and they would lay it in a manger so that it could eat food for the first three days and get, get its mother's milk and, and survive. And so when the angels come this night to the shepherds and they say, here's the sign. You're going to see a child wrapped in swaddling clothes laying in a manger. Every single one of them knew exactly what they were talking about. You mean this is the Lamb of God? You mean this is the day in which all of those promises the Messiah will come? You mean this is the solution to our problems? That sin will be dealt with once and for all? This is the Messiah. They knew what it meant. Now, whether they believed it or, or in their hearts or minds, it, it's hard to say, but they knew what that meant. And Jesus came to take on the sins of the world. He needed to deal with sin once and for all. And it wasn't that Jesus wanted to deal with sin so we can kind of just get paid up and sort of feel good about ourselves. He wanted to deal with sin 
Because God's desire from all time, his desire today, and his desire always is to be with you, to dwell with you, to walk with you, to speak with you. The gift that God is giving is the gift of himself. And he wants to be in relationship with us. He wants us to hear his voice. He wants us to be rejoined together with him. And on that day when they would offer up that sacrificial lamb on the day of the sin and atonement in Israel, the one priest would go in behind the holies of holies and be in the presence of God because that sin had been paid for. And when Jesus died on the cross, that curtain was torn. And the message was this, you can all be with God now. He will dwell with you. Sin has been taken care of. Jesus is the Messiah and he has done the good work. And that's why we gather on Christmas, to remember this story, to understand the greatest gift of all. And so the question for us today is, do those habits hold true for us? Do we approach Christmas with great excitement and expectation that God is coming? Do we have that same, when is God going to come again? When is he going to be with me? I can't wait to be with him. I can't wait to just open that gift up again that God gives me. Do we have that kind of excitement? Do we have that kind of expectation that God delights in you? He wants to be with you. He is a lavish father that has given you lavish gifts, not because you deserved it, not because you earned it, not because you're perfect, because he loves you. And a good father, I mean, I think about the gifts. My kids always make fun of some of the gifts I've given them. I usually stick with batteries and bullets. I figure you can always need more of those. But, but I've given them some pretty bad gifts. But they know a good father wants to give good gifts. And the perfect father in heaven wants to give the gifts to you. What is the expectation in your heart? Is the excitement there? Where has it gone? And too often and too many times in our lives, we let... All of the things, all of the chaos, all the pandemics and coronaviruses and hurricane warnings and torrential downpours and all the circumstances of life. And it starts to beat us down and we start to lose that excitement and we start to lose that expectation. And so we go through these habits and rhythms and we encourage and we build one another up. And as we approach Christmas, we say to each other, great tidings of joy. The Messiah has come. He has come for you. He has come for me. Let's get excited again for all that he has in store for us. And do we know how to receive those gifts? Do we know how to open them up? Do we know how to take the gift that God has given us and, and take it into our heart? Do we believe? Do we have the faith that the gifts that God wants to give us on that daily basis, the gift of his presence, is something that is good? Something to delight in. C.S. Lewis describes too often, he says, when I look at Christians and I look at some of the Christian lives, they are willing to settle to be in the slums and play in a mud puddle when God is offering them a holiday at the sea, a vacation at the beach, an American. And too often, we settle for so much less a life that is unfulfilling, a life with no purpose, a life where we wander, a life where we're lost, a life that is, makes no sense. And God is saying, no, receive the gift of my presence and everything will be changed. And I will fill your heart with the Holy Spirit. 
And you will have joy and you will have peace that passes all understanding. Great tidings, joy, I am announcing it. It tells us this has now come through the person of Jesus. Receive that gift. And is it repeatable? Do we think this happens on an ongoing basis or was it a one-time thing? I, I tell you, it always bothers me when I hear a story and someone says, oh yeah, I became a Christian. It was back in August of 85 and I remember it was a, you know, that night and it was just a powerful moment. And then, you know, I really haven't heard from him since. You know, that happened 25 years ago and I'm so glad that I got that gift. And what God says is, no, that gift happens every day. Every day, my mercies are new. Every day when you wake up, God is saying, I will walk with you today. I will be with you today. I don't, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you've turned your back on me. It doesn't matter how far you've strayed. It doesn't matter. The gift is here again for you today. It's for you. I love you. Jesus has paid the price. There's nothing you have to do to earn it. You just have to receive it. Receive me this day. Receive all that I have for you. Every day, every moment, in every relationship, in every situation, in every circumstance, I am there. Turn your gaze to me. Receive who I am. It's repeatable every day. And then the last habit is we are still learning to give it away. How do we give away this great gift that we know? We know of family, we know of friends, we know of people who are disconnected from God, disconnected from the gift, disconnected from the truth and the message of Christmas. They don't know. They don't know God's love. They don't know God's forgiveness. They don't know His mercy. They don't know that He will be with them and wants to be with them right now, today, this moment, and tomorrow, and the next day. And we think to ourselves, how do we give that away? How do we give that present away? And we work on that. And we think on that. And we practice that. And as we live it, I believe as we live, we live it, as we get excited about it, as we learn to receive it every day ourselves, as we get filled with His joy and His Spirit, that empowers us to give it away to those around us. Because they are looking, and they are watching. And if you have a joy that goes beyond circumstances, you have a peace that goes beyond understanding, they're going to say, where do I get that? Where do I get that? And we then point them to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christmas is all about understanding the giving and receiving of gifts. The greatest gift of all is Jesus Christ. He's giving it again to you today, tonight, and tomorrow. We simply need to receive it. We need to expect it. And we need to expect it every day that we might give it away to all the world. And this is the gospel. And this is the message of Christmas. Amen. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you again for this night.